0: thank you and good morning as uh, jackie said new beginnings today so it's great to see you all um no jokes today no jokes because uh, obviously I, ha- I have to catch a flight and um it's funny because it's true i mean i my uh, my wife's sister is visiting so she she needs to catch a plane um at around 1 1 pm so this morning i thought let's um think of you know the past few weeks where when we celebrated Easter so lovely to think of what Jesus did for us and then obviously we celebrated Ben and Katrina thanking them for their fantastic dedication fantastic ministry and achievements you know what a legacy and i think they put their mark forever on our church you know when we look at the hollywood hall of fame with all those people uh, walking around in fame i think that's so small in comparison with you know the Hall of Fame in heaven, when all those people working for the kingdom will be there to get their reward. So I'm sure that's gonna be an amazing, an amazing day, an amazing time. So it seems like a, a season is ending and um, for us as a church, and we're entering a new season. Just like the disciples while they were with Jesus. They, left, they leave those beautiful moments, you know, great miracles, great teachings, great stories about the kingdom of God, excellent learning points for them. And then after Jesus' resurrection, they entered into a new season after his death. The disciples thought, that's it, it's over, you know. That was it, it was um, a lovely time with Jesus, but... It's gone. It's over. And they were afraid and scared for their lives, as we remember. But after the resurrection, however, and especially after the Pentecost, what happened with the disciples was amazing. Such a change, extraordinary change through the Holy Spirit. They were empowered and they put themselves forward to do God's work. And, you know, extraordinary things happened, as we read in Acts Extraordinary things happen with their lives. And um, people following Jesus can be put into three categories. So the first category is obviously the people who came to hear him speak, be healed by him, you know, following him from village to village, get something from him. Those, those That category in the Bible, they were called crowds, crowds of people. The second category was composed of those following Jesus more closely, uh, listening to his teachings, and those were called disciples. According to the Gospel of Luke, there were about 70, 72 of them. And the third category of Jesus' followers were apostles, the apostles. Those 12 men following Jesus, giving up their, uh, their lifestyle, following him, and they got the permission to spread his message independently, without supervision. They were missionaries for Jesus in those times. So let's pause for a moment and ask ourselves, which category are we in? And for this morning, if we think of the apostles, what we learned from them, I thought let's pick up one character, and that was that is Peter. Peter is the most known of the, of the apostles, known as Simon. He's such an interesting character. If, you look at, if we look at his life before, um, before the resurrection and his life after the resurrection, we learn so many things for our lives. I mean, his life you know, was full of like, blunders and uh, also his outspoken faith. We learn so much from him. So let's look at Peter's character, how God changed his heart from the man he was, and to see if that resonates with us this morning, if we find ourselves in some of those stories. And then obviously there were Peter, James, um, James the Elder, and John. They were regarded as Jesus' inner circle. They were present with him on uh, different miracles, about Peter, so his original name, as we know, was Simon, and uh, Jesus changed that to Peter, which derived from Latin Petra, which means rock in English, rock stone. He was a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee, and his father's name was Jonah. And there are many things that we can learn about his life. And just before we start to remember, when Jesus is when Jesus enters someone's life, everything changes everything changes our perspective about life our dealing uh, dealing with relationships with marriage with you know our beliefs and our uh, lifestyle when i come to christ i remember i lost some of my friends my previous friends because obviously i couldn't do the things we used to do and um, they lost me they lost me in the end so things are changing when jesus comes in our lives and let's look at some of the notorious stories uh, about peter and uh, we're going to have lots of matthews reading today Um, the first chapter we found we find in matthew uh, chapter 4 so if someone has text number one please could you read that we have a microphone yeah anyone wants to help us with the microphone we have uh, about five scriptures today Thank you. So let's see first text in Matthew chapter 4, verses um, 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, uh, for for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Thank you. So that's where Jesus met Peter. He was um, doing his own you know, daily life routine. And just to remember from that story, that's how God sometimes, you know, many times, meets with us in our daily routine, in our normal activities. If we look to listen and to find God, we can find him anywhere we are. And I love this verse from Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, where he says, You will seek me and find me. But it doesn't stop there. When you seek me with all your heart. And I truly believe that any person who truly wants to find God with all his heart, he will find God. Amen. That's the, that's the lesson here. And we saw uh, with Peter... But once they left their nets and followed Jesus. How long it takes us sometimes to make a decision to follow God, to do something for his kingdom. I certainly take some time to think before I decide to do something. So that's, um, that was Peter, Peter's first uh, encounter with Jesus. Let's look at another passage, this time in Matthew chapter 14. This is the episode with Peter's. Peter walking on the water so who has text number two please Alison thank you let's see this story
1: Matthew 14 22 to 31 immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd shortly before dawn Jesus went out to them walking on the lake Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt
0: thank you so we see peter there very courageous you no know, silly adventure if it's you tell me to come and he does that but then what he does he instead of looking at jesus he looks at the wind and gets frightened gets scared how many times were acting the same you know stepping out in faith trying to do things And then we look at the circumstances, we get worried, we get scared. Let's watch and look at Jesus rather than things surrounding us. And um, as we said, we're entering some challenging times as a church. Let's not look at the wind, let's not look at the storms, let's not look at the circumstances. But let's look at Jesus. He's ahead of us, he's guiding us, and he will be with us. He's the shepherd and we just have to follow him. Let's look at another, um, another story in Matthew chapter 16, so text number 3, if someone has text number 3, thank you. This is Peter at his highest while he was with Jesus.
1: It's Matthew 16, verses 13 to 17. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven.
0: Thank you. What an amazing statement. You are the son of the living God. That was just Peter said. And, you know, he comes forward from from his disciples and just says it out loud. What an amazing story. And, uh, you know, you're wondering how people are saying today that Jesus never claimed to be son of God. When in this story, he seems to be fully, uh, you know, Uh, In accordance with what Peter said. So he's basically saying. Yes you're right. And you're not saying that. It's God the Father in heaven. Who says that about me. So Jesus is indeed the Son of God. Just remember this story. When we hear people saying that Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God. Yes he agreed with Peter fully here. So this is Peter of his highest moment. It's like. When we're watching football and you see a player like striking a ball from like 20, 30 meters straight into goal. That's what Peter does here. You know, touchdown, right to the point. Especially if it's Arsenal, some, uh, some, some people may say. So this is, you know, spot on from Peter. Um, and it's, it's God speaking to him. And just another thought on this story. Of course, God can talk to us through, you know, revelation, through prophecy, through vision, through a dream. But more often, God speaks to us in our thoughts, in our mind, through the Holy Spirit. Peter wasn't sleeping here. He didn't have any vision, anything. He was just speaking from the Holy Spirit what God put in his mind. So let's trust in God that when he puts things in our mind, Through the Holy Spirit, in prayer, he really guides us. He really uh, is with us, like he was with Peter. But let's not get too excited, because a few minutes later, in the same passage, Matthew, Matthew 16, if someone has text number four, please. Steve, thank you. Peter rebuked Jesus, if you can believe that. So let's listen to that passage.
1: Yes, this is verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began
0: to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Thank you. We see there, so after he speaks from, from God, from the Holy Spirit, he just, when Jesus starts to tell him the plan of salvation, the, the plan and, and why he came on this earth, what Peter does, come on Jesus, let me tell you something, you can't do that, really? You, that's, that's not possible. So basically he's trying to stop Jesus from you know, going and die for us. And um, what Jesus tells him, it's it's quite tough, isn't it? Behind me, Satan. Behind me. So how is it possible, same person, you know, speaking the the truth from, from God, and then a few minutes later, just being inspired by the evil one, you know? And the Bible really says for us, you know, guard your mind, guard your thoughts, things that we put in our mind, things that we're feeding our thoughts with. We just need to be careful. Just like Peter, you know, up and down sometimes. Um, so even Peter, later on, reflecting on this in his epistles, you know, he he talks about it. Guard, guard your thoughts, guard your mind, what you're saying, what you're speaking. But with Peter, it's getting even funnier. So speaking before thinking, I think, was Peter before, before he was changed by God. You know, another episode is... Um, on the transfiguration, on the mountain, when Jesus shown the text there says um, he was white, his face was like the sun. Moses and Elijah showed up. And who speaks again? Peter. And he says such a silly thing, you know. He says in uh, Matthew 17, verse 15, I'll bid some shelters here for you. For Moses, for Elijah, let's stay here, you know, forget about the people. I mean, it's such a silly thing to say, isn't it? But then while he was speaking, the text says, while he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am pleased. Listen to him. So in a way, even God has to intervene and stop. Peter from stalking, like, you know, silly things or rubbish, we could say. So God himself from heaven stopped Peter uh, in that occasion. I think it's, it's a bit funny. Like I was wondering maybe Matthew, when Matthew wrote these stories about Peter, I think he was laughing to himself. Gotcha, Peter. Gotcha you, again, you know. So looking at Peter, such a character, such a character. And what I love about the scripture, and we need to bear in mind, the scripture tells the truth about the apostles, how they were. You know, they, the scripture doesn't try to hide and paint them in nice, lovely colors. And sometimes we think of the apostles like, you know, people, aliens, aliens from another planet, like saints somewhere in a crystal globe. There were people just like us. There were people just like us, transformed by God, used by God in the, in the way they, you know, they, they could serve him. So again, another little story in Gethsemane. Remember when um, Judah came with the soldiers to to get Jesus to be caught and judged? Peter, what did he do? He took the sword out and cut the servant's ear, right? So violent, impulsive, right? Acting in the moment. So often we do the same, don't we? But Jesus then said, you know, put your sword back. Whoever takes the sword, um, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. And then Jesus says, don't you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. To bear that in mind, Jesus could have asked the father to stop that suffering, to stop that um, sacrifice on the cross. But he never did. Our king never did. And I really appreciate it when uh, I read um, what the Queen Elizabeth called Jesus in her book on her 90th birthday. She called Jesus the king she serves. The king I serve. How inspiring is that? And Jesus is the king of kings, the king we serve. So we do sometimes foolish acts Like Peter. Can we imagine God protected Peter from committing murder on that occasion? I don't think he aimed for the ear. But in God's mercy, protecting him from committing murder. I think it would be over for Peter if that would happen. But Jesus always intervenes in our mistakes, in our blunders, in our weaknesses. And again, as a church, we will have decisions to make. So let's trust in the King, let's trust in Jesus, the King we serve. and then carrying on, we can go on forever with Peter, lots and lots of stories. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. and in this passage here, we can see peter was was a, a, a proud man, arrogant, we can say. in this um, passage during the Lord's Supper. Jesus told them in uh, Matthew 26, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. But Peter replied, who else? From all the disciples, from all the apostles. Peter again. Even if all fall away on account of you, I will never will. You know, like a child bragging himself, isn't he? And then Jesus said, this very night before the rooster crows, You will disown me three times. But Peter carries on. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Right? So we can see here, Peter, um, you know, full of pride, full of himself. And sometimes in our spiritual life, we can fall in this trap as well. And of course, Jesus is right as always. In Matthew 26, we can see here Peter in the, in the court there where Jesus uh, w- was taken. It says there in chapter 26, a girl, a servant girl came to him. You, you also were with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. You know, he's like me saying uh, I'm not from Romania, really. <laughs> then he began to call down curses and be sworn to them. I don't know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed crowded, crowded. And then Peter remembered what Jesus said: "Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times." And he went out and wept bitterly. He's cursing himself. So who was Peter? A liar, you know, um, a, a man who was afraid, violent, angry sometimes, speaking before thinking. And what do we learn from his? extraordinary transformation. How can God use a man like Peter, you know? And the lessons, just just a couple of lessons from this story and from Peter's life for us this morning, is really those of us who are saying, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do something for the Lord. I'm not prepared. God cannot use me. Let's look at Peter and learn that God can do anything when we trust in him. When we put ourselves forward. And when God changes us, we become people on His own heart. The massive change that happened to Peter, you know, after Jesus' resurrection, I think is the most dramatic transformation that we see. He gave a steering message, as we remember, in the Acts, where hundreds of people received the faith, received Jesus, and their lives were transformed. No other disciple was told off like Peter, you know, no other disciple. But equally, no other disciple told off Jesus and and rebuked Jesus like Peter. Nobody else said greater things about Jesus like Peter. But equally, nobody else, um, you know, said silly things, stupid things, really, um, to Jesus. No other disciple was entrusted to lead the early church like Peter was. But also no other disciple you know, gave up on Jesus three times in in their lives. So how did Jesus still choose Peter? Such a challenging character. And I think there is hope for us. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's um, somewhere on a mountain high living a perfect Christian life. Nobody. But through the Holy Spirit, through God's help, together with him, you know, we can change ourselves And we can change the world we live in. The second lesson is that Peter was interested. He was there. He showed up. He asked silly questions. He wondered. And I think God really appreciates when people are honest with their faith, with their life. You know, I'm struggling with this. I don't understand this. I'm questioning about this. I'm not sure about this rather than people, you know, faking it and saying, oh, God is amazing, healings and things and prosperity. It doesn't seem God works like that. We see Peter always asks lots of questions. He was interested. He was there in the ministry. Um, you know, and God is not upset when we're questioning him. But God can do nothing with someone who's not interested. God cannot change someone... Against their will. Because that wouldn't be true love. That wouldn't be a choice from people. So let's remember this, right? We need to show up sometimes. Just show up and God will guide us what we need to do next. A third lesson is repentance. We all make mistakes. Peter did lots of mistakes. But what he did compared to Judah who sold Jesus for 30 coins or so. He never came back to say sorry. He just took his own decision and, you know, took his own life in his own hands. But Peter repented. He said he went outside and wept bitterly. He realized what a man he was. And this word, you know, repentance, maybe it's not very, uh, very comfortable nowadays when we live our lives, you know, fast environment and we want everything, same day order, instant coffee. You know, we live in this world where our desires are on top of priority. And this word repentance, you know, stopping and asking God for forgiveness for what we thought, for what we did, for what we said. And Psalm 24, so lovely, says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Thinking back, I really appreciated when Ben shared the story when he tried to, save a soul and pray for someone and it seems like God didn't do much I really appreciate that honesty You know that walk with, with God sometimes it doesn't happen as we wish as quickly as we wish the way we wish, the way we ask and we see that in, in apostles life as well also recalling Adam, Adam's um, courage mentioning in the testimony about mental health I mean you need courage to, to, to speak about And thank you for sharing And that's God working in our lives, in our struggles, in our, you know, weaknesses. But also, thinking of of Ben's ministry and Katrina's, you know, how wonderfully God showed them in the last service on the baptism, six people getting baptized. It's like God saying, no, 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 no. Nothing was in vain what you did. No prayer stayed unheard. No work for God stays unrewarded. So we need to believe that and trust him. It's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen when we want it, how we want it. But Jesus is there. So we need to, like Peter, repent and stay close to God. Also, very quickly, Peter took initiative. He answered yes to God and he was restored. If we read the passage when after the resurrection, Jesus comes back to them, when He kind of went back to his old uh, lifestyle, trying to catch fish, and he got nothing. You know, because that's what God does sometimes. When we insist to do something that He didn't call us to do, no fish is coming, nothing happens, you know, and we get frustrated. That's what happened to Peter. But then Jesus asks him three times Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Every time He says, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Restoring Peter, forgiving Peter. Forgiving him for the three times while he, you know, gave up on Jesus in front of the people. What a change in Peter this morning. We learned, we remembered. What a change. The first sermon in Acts is by Peter. The first miracle in Acts is by Peter and John. The first confrontation with the authorities. Peter has it. The first conversion from the Gentiles. Peter does it with Cornelius. What a change. What a transformation. My friends, are we up for a challenge? Are we up for a change? And God doesn't ask us, come and walk on water. Come to me on the water. He asks us to step in faith, to follow him. Maybe small things that we can do. Baking a cake for a neighbor to start with, maybe. Are we up for the challenge to change the world we are? You know, like Peter, learning those Wonderful lessons of courage and sacrifice. Peter really sacrificed. He was the only one mentioned he was married. He left his family to follow Jesus. And then it doesn't say in the Bible, but the story, the history testifies that he was a martyr for Jesus. He was crucified, but he says in the the story, I am not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. And maybe you've seen the movie when He goes out of Rome when the persecution started and Jesus appears in a vision, walking back to Rome. And Peter says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to be crucified again um, on the cross. Quo Vadis is the, the quote where he says, where are you marching? So Peter then decided to go back in Rome. He was caught and he was crucified. But he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. So put me upside down. So that's how he was um, he was sacrificed peter as well for his faith for his belief and i'm sure he's in heaven in that walk of fame that we mentioned earlier so let's end this morning with peter's words in 2 peter chapter 3 17 18 he says after all these stories after all these um, you know events he says therefore dear friends he speaks to us since you have been forewarned Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. God bless us all. Thank you.